Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Lynch says, understand what you own and why you own it. Um, Warren Buffett says, if you buy something and you're just betting on a stock price going up or down, mm. you're not investing, you're gambling. Mm. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast talking about all things finance and finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my brother, my co-host Jax. How are you, man? Yes, yes, yes. I'm good, Peter. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We are now in March. Goodness gracious. Can you believe it? (laughs) March 2021 is gone past a year since we've been doing this crazy lockdown life and also for us um recording this uh podcast virtually as well man and we've been going strong so yeah congratulations to you and me i guess (laughs) and a massive welcome to our listeners as well because because of you we keep going and doing this thing so a massive shout out to all of our listeners all over the world and as we started on the last episode we're just giving out a shout out to some of the Let's cities shout them out, yeah shout man out. we're giving out to a shout out to the city so the next city we're going to give a shout out is to all of those in Basel Switzerland Switzerland we have quite a few listeners there so just a massive shout out to you if you're listening keep doing what you're doing like subscribe comment and share and all the rest and make sure you think of one person you can bless with this man and just share it to them so thank you to those in Basel and all around the world as well so Jax we're gonna get straight into it you know we've it is March as you said 2021 and we've been in what we call cuckoo land up until (laughs) (laughs) we've been in what we call cuckoo land which for our listeners basically means the world is going all nice and great particularly in the the stock market particular and it's going nice and great Uh, valuations are quite high up until recently we had a correction but even still um and you can jump in on this jacks if you want valuations are yeah. fairly high but we've had a healthy correction um however we are still in cuckoo land so wanted to do a quick one uh jacks i guess on for current investors me and you've been investing for uh an okay bit of time not the longest but an okay bit of time and um, we obviously know people that have been doing this thing for over a decade and beyond and then we also we also know um people that have just got into the investing game which is great to an extent and it's lovely to see um but we i guess it would be great to go into what are some of the common mistakes people make when it comes to investing jeez man oh how long do we have peter I mean... listen man you know what it's gonna be one of those things we just go through them and we'll see how we get to where we get to um, and you know what's mad about this? And because we're in a forever changing world, even someone that's been investing for 15 years can make a mistake tomorrow. And, and I, I guess that's great for me, you and all of our listeners and everyone else on this journey, because we can learn from others and avoid making some of those similar mistakes, man. So, so um, this is it. This yeah, is absolutely. It, this is it. Yeah, I mean, we have been in Kukri land. I mean, valuations <laughs> in the stock market, particularly for the growth stocks, uh, for the companies that are, potentially not even profitable yet, but are growing their top line revenues at, at a pretty fast rate. Mm. Um, you know, when we look at the performance of these um, companies over the past, let's say, um, 11 to 12 months, they've been amazing. Mm. <laughs> it's literally cuckoo land, right? 
Um, so yeah, it's it's really really hard to understand for many people how the stock market could be literally flying when the real economy is in turmoil. But yeah, hey, it is what it is. The stock market, due to various different reasons, uh, you could call it um, the impact of uh, fiscal policy, so furlough schemes and that kind of stuff, government intervention, basically, obviously um, the printing of money. All these things have um, contributed to the stock market going up. For that reason, and because people have been at home, um, there has been a huge influx of um, retail investors into the stock market, which is why myself and Peter are even making this podcast, because whilst we are both really excited and we've been trying to you know, encourage people to get involved in investing in the stock market, keyword investing, um, it's good to see, but it comes with some sort of um, caution, I would say, Peter, if you agree. I think it's good for us to kind of caution some people about, you know, how the stock market works and things to be really, really careful about um, and the common mistakes that, you know, you are likely to make. And it's okay to make some mistakes, but some mistakes are not worth making if you are educated, which is what we're trying to do on this episode. Absolutely. And definitely in my journey, and I know yourself, Jazz, we've definitely made some mistakes. But you know what? <clears throat> on, 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 on the bit where things are going up and um, for some companies just been amazing from a stock perspective um, or share price perspective, sorry. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. I guess maybe linking that onto the, probably the first mistake we can touch on. Is it, you mentioned companies that are not being making profit, however, their price is just flying up. Um, and, you know, I can imagine an excited investor, whether they're new or even been investing for a bit of time, filling up their portfolio with these type of companies. What are your, I guess, thoughts on that or what are things to watch out when doing things like that? Well, yeah, well, that leads me to the first mistake that I see the majority of investors make. Um, actually, it's combined with other mistakes, but the first one is not actually having an objective mm. um, and obviously not understanding your ability and willingness to take risk because ultimately that's what it is. These companies you know, are risky investments. If they're not profitable yet, the chances are they're probably not in a very mature stage in their business cycle. The chances are that they might not have the strongest balance sheets if you haven't done your research. So one of the key mistakes I tend to find people making is they allow euphoria to take over. Mm. It's the inability to manage their emotions and couple that with education and so on and so forth. So if you buy something today and you didn't check the balance sheet, you didn't look at the financial statements, if you didn't research the company, if you don't even know who the CEO of the company is, the likelihood is you were not investing in the stock. The chances are you may have actually got lucky by capturing the market in a time where it was probably low, you know, March, April times. And you know, as the whole market has gone up, especially the growth stocks, you probably got quite lucky. And that's where you have to be really careful because there are biases that you can start picking up and this is where my biggest fear is one of the biggest biases you can pick up is something called confirmation bias mm. confirmation bias basically means um when you make a decision it might not even be the best decision but you made a decision to buy something and it worked in your favor it worked in your favor for whatever reason it might be a reason that you don't even know right and then that confirms that whatever you've done initially was actually the right thing for that reason, you go ahead and you do the same thing. You practice the same strategy and you think it's going to work. You think your, your existing strategy was confirmed, so it's going to work. Unfortunately, for many, many people, and I've seen this many times, that's where they get burnt. And what happens is, it's a bit similar to gambling, Peter. What happens is, you know, have you ever seen a gambler go to the roulette machine 
and he sees, let's say, uh, a number that's been read, read, read five times in a row. And he says, oh, I think the one, ne the next one has to be black. It has to be black. And so, you know, they're bet on black. And then, hey, imagine Peter, it lands on black. They're going to think, oh my gosh, their strategy makes sense. Every time I see red go five times, every time the roulette machine brings up uh, red, I'm going to bet black. And so the next time, they, what they do, which is scary, is they bet even bigger. <laughs> they, <laughs> they bet even bigger. You know, they put their whole life savings, maybe their children's school fees, saying, I've been confirmed so many times, it has to be right the next time. And then they do it, and unfortunately, reality hits, and they end up losing money because they were not investing, they were gambling. Uh, and I fully, definitely hear and agree with that. Now, as you can imagine, even some of our listeners right now <clears throat> might be falling into that, have found themselves in that category, right? Um, they put their money in uh, loads of uh, companies where the hype of the news is just being a bit crazy, you know, the fear of missing out, FOMO, all of that stuff. They put their money in and they're already there now. Fortunately, it's gone up. It's doing great. What would your support or guidance be around this? Because you mentioned, you know, if you don't even know the CEO, the balance sheet, what they're performing, what their income is, what their revenue, what their losses, all of that stuff. And some of the fundamentals around the company, it's a bit, you're taking uh, quite a bit of a risk. For people that are already in that position right now, what was, I guess, some of your guidance be around on that? Well, first and foremost, I'll be a bit biased and say, come and sit down with me so I can give you a portfolio <laughs> review. <laughs> plug, plug, plug your team, plug it, plug it. <laughs> but um, all jokes aside, I think the key thing is to be really honest with yourself. Mm. Um, honesty is one of the best things that you can have <laughs> moving forward and discipline when it comes to investing. Be honest with yourself and ask yourself, why did you invest in this company in the first place? Was it really an investment? Can you honestly put your hand on your chest and say you was investing in this company or was you just making a speculative bet? Or was you just going because of FOMO and the mm. fear of missing out because everyone else is buying it? If it is the latter two, the truth is you have to then go and do the research to try and confirm whether your investment was actually a decent investment, even though you didn't do the right research initially. Or you can actually make a conclusion after your research to say, do you know what? This, I got lucky, but this time I'm going to sell out of the asset and the next time I buy, I'm going to do my research and make sure I understand what I am buying. Mm -hmm. um, Peter Lynch says, understand what you own and why you own it. Um, Warren Buffett says, if you buy something and you're just betting on a stock price going up or down, mm -hmm. you're not investing, you're gambling. Mm. Absolutely, man. You just hit the trigger right there. Right there, right there, man. Um, absolutely, and um, thanks for that, Jax. I think um, another mistake that um, people may have definitely made this in the past is around trying to time the market. So, um, you know, on, in the past, I'm sure you can speak a bit more to this, Jax, but in the past, one would be waiting for a particular bit of news about a company before even putting money into them and say, oh yes, the price is going to go down, so I'm going to buy then. And it turns out that didn't happen when what I could have done, particularly in decent established companies, what I could have done is just continued averaging across the year or every quarter, however one averages, 
but you can it's very easy to get caught up in in the hype of the news um, and trying to become the ultimate investor but funny enough the ultimate investor isn't trying to time the market so that's <laughs> definitely been a learning uh, curve for me because even in the world we're living in now yes technology what else is booming is it evs uh clean energy all of that stuff yeah. it's booming and it's it, it you know i understand when people make wise decisions about investing that but trying to wait for that perfect moment for me i've i've learned um slightly the hard way in the past <laughs> well peter the fact of the matter is it's impossible to time the market mm. um i think that's what people struggle to understand it's impossible to perfectly time the market um if we look at the data um, those people that try to time the market, those people that said, oh, you know, the valuations are high, you know, so I explained that the valuations are high now. Um, for that reason, someone might say, hey, I'm going to sell out all my assets and I'm going to buy it back um, when, when valuations are much more attractive. But the truth is, um, if you look at the data, those people that missed the best, I think it was a better 12 or 10 trading days. I can't remember exactly what the study was, but those people that were out of the market for just 12 days out of many, many years um, would have actually lost a bit of money, right? Hmm. Um, and so it, even if you tried to time the market and you timed it perfectly, the chances are you will not have done much better in the market anyway as well. Hmm. So there's no real benefit of trying to absolutely try and time the market. What I would say, and I think what potentially may confuse people, especially those that are um, newbies, is there is a difference between trying to time the market and adjusting your asset allocation based on things like valuation, mm. okay? So for example, if you're, you know, if you do believe that valuations are high, then you can adjust your portfolio, maybe trim some of your assets or increase your cash position because you believe that valuations are high. That is not trying to time the market, that is you making a good business decision, a good investment decision to not go all out investing. But mm. if you are already invested, <laughs> and as you just said, I've made this mistake bigger than anybody, bigger than anybody, where you try and sell out of an asset because of valuation, you feel as if it's too high. And then you say, oh, I'll just buy it back when it goes down. Mm. I have lost that on more than 20x of my money. That means I could have 20 times my money by trying to do this. So for that reason, <laughs> my friend, uh, don't do that. Don't make that mistake. <laughs> I'm only laughing because, as you know, Jax, that's a personal thing. As it's well. a personal it's, thing, man. You, you was there when I did no. it. You didn't tell me no. <laughs> you didn't say, Jax, what you did? <laughs> Yeah, and the funny uh, thing, are, I think you actually did. We did, and that's why it's funny, but that's another story. People that know about that know, but that's hilarious. But absolutely, man, absolutely. And just on that, actually, in terms of trimming down on things, let's talk a bit about maybe um, a mistake around not knowing when um, or not thinking about rebalancing your portfolio and what that, I guess, how that could um, impact your portfolio. Yeah, I mean, you know, portfolio management is something that you can learn. It's a skill that you can adopt over time. Um, and a lot of it comes down to things like, you know, having an objective, sitting down and actually planning how you're going to invest going forward. Um, a common mistake I've, I've found with many people that I've done portfolio reviews for is they just have too many stocks. 
Mm. Um, if you've got 30 stocks in your portfolio, all in the name of diversification, which actually is another mistake. <laughs> Some people are either too diversified or not diversified enough. But anyway, if someone is over diversified, the truth is you probably want to trim some of the, or get rid of some of the companies that you do not have high levels of conviction on. Mm. Um, so for that reason, yeah, you can trim. I have seen some um, very, very popular mistakes. Um, this one is probably one of those that even popular or should I say more experienced investors um, face. And it's called um, loss aversion. Mm. So loss aversion is another type of behavioral finance term. And essentially it goes like this. Um, Pierre, if I gave you five pounds today, um, you'd be, all right, oh, Jack, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's nice. Five pounds. That's, that's not bad. Um, but if you also lose five pounds, that will hurt you more. Mm. So what I mean by that is the magnitude or the weight that you attach to gaining five pounds compared to losing five pounds is, is, is higher on the losing side. Mm. Right? For that reason, a lot of people, when they buy assets and it goes down in value, even when their investment case changes, they are scared or they do not want to make a sell because they don't want to make the loss a reality. Hmm. And I understand that. I understand that because we are always told to buy low and sell high. Yep. However, we need to be a bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We need to be a bit more proactive in managing our portfolios to understand that that's not always the case. Sometimes when you buy a stock or you buy into a business and that business changes or the or the investment case that you had written down, your thesis has changed. Let's say the CEO steps down or the company stops generating business. Then you can sell. You can sell mm. and you can redeploy that money into something else that you know, potentially has a better business or you know, can do better for you, has a high level of conviction. That's a common mistake I find with even more experienced investors where they don't want to sell other asset just because it's gone down. They mm. say to me, oh, I'm just going to wait for it to come back up. What's going to make it come back up? If the, if the fundamental business is no longer no longer um, serving you. That's essentially waiting <clears throat> for it to get even. I think there's a term in behavioural finance, they call it a cognitive error. Um, yeah. So failing to, yeah, to realise the loss. Um, and that can, as you already mentioned, um, you're trying to avoid selling at a so-called loss or realising that loss, but also there's the opportunity cost because that time that you spent trying to wait for it to get even you could have used that money elsewhere and 2x 3x or just got a greater return in that exactly. period of time exactly 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 hmm. and, and when, when you think about it, that's the thing about behavioral finance when you actually take time to understand it, it is very intuitive right mm. if you own a company that's going down in value and it's not doing well but you don't want to make the loss a reality if you sell and buy back straight away you still haven't really made a loss if that makes sense, until you sell the second asset. Mm. Um, so if I sell out of, um, I'm going to use kind of recruits as an example because it's one that I used to own. And, you know, when the pandemic took place, I saw the, the stock go down tremendously and it kept on going down. Mm. And I sat down and I thought to myself, well, I don't know how long it's going to be before we open up again. And I don't know how long um, kind of recruits are going to um, survive for. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, when are they going to start generating business again? Um, they, and then they start taking out debt and stuff. And I said, you know what? No, 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 no. I have to redeploy this cash into something else. Mm. Um, and so I sold and I bought into, um, I think it was Upwork at the time. Mm. And as you know, Upwork has 2X for me since then. Yeah. Um, why? Because if Upwork started going down, then that would have been bad as well. But, you know, if I still have Chronicle Cruise and then I buy Upwork is a substitution rather than a complete sell. Mm. 
Mm. And just to clarify, you only sold purely because the the investment case for Carnival changed, yeah. not because yeah. the the share price went down. Absolutely which, not. Yeah, no. which we're gonna touch on that actually now. So we're gonna talk a bit about probably on the slightly on the other side. Um, I guess a lack of or not having patience and taking time and thinking that this is a a two-week process investing or a one-year process or so. You want to share some light on that, actually? Yeah, one of the common mistakes I find, I mean, I think is the most obvious one, is people just have short-term horizons. They, they don't think long-term. Um, and no matter how many times I try to, um, you know, encourage people to have that long-term perspective, there are some people that just struggle with it. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's not just about finance, Peter. We find this in so many different areas of our lives. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, um, thinking about things like relationships or thinking about your health and, and fitness and that kind of stuff. Mm. All of it comes down to, you know, having objectives, being disciplined, working hard and thinking about the long term. And unfortunately, what I'm finding is people have come into this game with very, very short term gambling mentalities mm. because when they buy something, they want it to go up in the next week. Not even the next week now, it's getting so bad that they want it to happen in the next hour or the next, the next few the next, minutes. Yeah, the next day or the next week. Or if it doesn't happen in a month, what happens is that, oh my, I may have made a bad decision. Let me sell out of this stock. Mm. That is a terrible mindset in my very humble opinion. Mm. I think when you buy into a business and you understand exactly what um, investing is and you understand that you use the stock market to go and buy shares in businesses, Right. When you buy shares, you are buying equity. It's ownership, mm. right? When you buy ownership in a company, you don't say, oh, the company share price has gone down, so I'm just going to sell out of it when nothing fundamentally or business-wise has changed. That mm. is a very, very, um, let me be uh, respectful here. I feel that's a very silly um, thing to do. The stock price of the stock can go up and down for different reasons, mm. right? It could be because the overall market is going up or down. It could be because of some, some news. It could be because of anything. It's up to you to actually understand why it's going down. And if it's going down because of things like just the overall market is going down and there's nothing to do with the fundamentals of the underlying business, you shouldn't be selling. If anything, that's an opportunity to buy more. Mm. These are assets. If you put a house today, and tomorrow, um, let's say you bought a house for 100 grand and tomorrow um, you went to your house and then there was a house next door, which is identical to your house. And that house was now, you know, being priced at 80,000 pounds and you had 80,000 pounds in your, in your pocket ready to deploy. Would you not buy that house? You're getting exactly the same house for 20% cheaper, right? Because nothing fundamentally has changed. It's just that maybe house prices generally have gone down. Mm. It's the same mindset that should be deployed into stocks and that's something i don't even want to call it stocks i say you're buying businesses because that's Absolutely. what we're doing you're buying into businesses and i guess that comes and links onto the next uh, mistake selling just purely because you've seen the share price go down um, and you've just said it you've just given a perfect example if you go to a shop and things are on a discount you're going to want to buy that particular price because it's on a discount um and that's exactly what happens when your share price goes down and nothing fundamentally about the business that you've invested and you've spent quality time researching and having strong conviction invested in nothing's changed there so it doesn't mean you should just rush and sell you should understand why that might have happened and probably more importantly understand if there's an opportunity to buy more so you can actually get a great return in the long run precisely 
using the house as an example, Peter, if you came up to me, you told me, Jax, I bought this house um, last week for 100 grand. And today I sold it, which is a week later, I sold it for 80 grand. I would look at you like you're, you've gone mad. <laughs> for you know? real. Because, <laughs> yeah. But actually, that's exactly what happens in the stock market with a lot yeah. of retail investors. Mm. They buy something, it goes down by some percentages, but because they didn't know why they owned the stock in the first place, because the truth is, Peter, they probably didn't do the research that you mm. mentioned earlier. They didn't do the research. They don't know why they bought, bought the stock. They probably bought it because someone mentioned it mm. um, or they probably saw it on, on a YouTube channel or someone mm. just talking about it on an advert or something. So when the stock goes down, they start panicking. They start mm. panicking because they don't really know why they bought it in the first place. And to solve that, you should really do your research. But yeah, you shouldn't buy something um, and sell it the week after just because it's gone down. Um, I don't think that's the best thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely agree. And uh, just on that as well, just even talking about patience and there's a slight form of instant gratification. I think one common mistake... Um, light form? A slight, massive form, not even a slight of being kind there. But one uh, thing that I guess um, investors do now, and especially with the digital world we're in, is checking accounts every single day every single hour every more than once now <laughs> now the thing is um and i know i spoke about that i think on our generational wealth podcast episode in terms of what stuff that i do most of my investment platforms um that i use um they all can be accessed via computer other other than one that i have to use my phone for but i actually have all of my platforms on a computer because it means that for me to actually see my account i have to put in my password after there's a process rather than just going on my phone and checking every second now we need to stop that if you you know, if you are an investor and you put in money into a business that you feel is going to do well over time and not next week, but over time, they're reporting good numbers and you've read their annual reports, you've seen their vision, their innovation, what they're trying to do in the business. You've looked at the leadership team, you're happy with it. You're happy with what they're doing, sales with the actual products and services. You have you don't need to be checking your account every day. If you are, my opinion, if you are checking your account every day, in my opinion, then you are not investing. You are speculating heavily because you shouldn't. You should not be worrying about the share price going up and down a lot um, yeah. if you are in a good business. Well, this is it. And um, PR, you're going to get a lot of haters with that because so many people check their account every single day. Mm. Um, and I remember I said to you last week that, um, you know, I'm in a business of investment management. So I see things happening every single day. Mm. And sometimes it frustrates me because sometimes I want to take a break. <laughs> mm. Sometimes I want to take a break and not talk about stocks or look at stocks for a prolonged period of time. Um, I think what one thing that I would encourage people that are coming into this game of investing, which I absolutely love and I think it's great for, for us, is they should study the greats. Study mm. the greats. Study from Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett has taught me so much. Mm. And the day he passes away, I'm going to cry. I'm mm. genuinely going to cry because he is an amazing person. One thing he taught me and one thing he said to me that resonated with me is he said, if you was to buy a business today, okay, Let's say any business, Peter, let's say, I don't know, like a, like a nursery. Let's say you bought a nursery or you bought a franchise in, in Subway and someone was managing it, et cetera. Would you go there every single day to see how the business is doing? Definitely you know? not. And he said, if you are, then you're not investing. You might as well start your own business. That's you it. Might as well. Because the whole point of investing is to 
pass on the expertise to the management team and for you to get a return on your capital for a level of risk that you've taken. That's mm-hmm. what investment is, right? You don't want to be all up in the, you know, the, the investment every day, checking what's going on, especially, mm-hmm. especially when you have no control. <laughs> that, you know? That's such a great point. I'm thinking like, a lot of the work that I just do outside of my day job and just other bits of work, I get to see, you know, people applying for funds for to start their business, etc. Whoever's giving those funds, or if you, as you just rightly say, if you were to invest in a business, would you want to literally be checking up on them every day? The reason why you invested in them, because you believe they are going to take your money, go yeah. away, deliver a service or sell a product and give you a return over time exactly exactly so i just encourage people to be honest with yourself if you're investing do it properly learn from the greats my favorite people and you can add a few if you have different people my favorite people that i learned from um were obviously the the gold the greatest of all time warren buffett um and i also learned from um from peter lynch peter lynch is probably Warren Buffett is almost like my granddad, like family. Whereas Peter Lynch is like my teacher, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely hear that. And then th- th- there's a couple of new guys that I've, I've started listening to. I've not formed too much of an opinion on them yet as compared to Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch, but someone like Kathy Wood um, and Shamath, um, I forgot to say his surname, but those guys, the new school, I think uh, you can learn from them as well to yeah. some extent anyway. And definitely like so Jeremy from Financial Education. I think um, they, of course, adopt some of the, you know, well, they learn from the greats that you've mentioned previously as well. That is pretty clear. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you can adjust it for yourself, you know. And this is the thing. About, this is the great thing about investing, right? Investing is up to you. Personal finance is personal. Mm, mm. You can pick up as much as you want. And you can adopt it to suit whatever you want to do. You don't have to completely agree with everyone. You don't have to disagree. Myself and Peter, we invest similarly, but we have our differences. Mm. And, and that's okay. And that's okay. But be honest with yourself and really understand what investing is. One of the biggest mistakes, probably the biggest mistake when it comes to investing is one, not being able to manage your emotions. Um, obviously, with when it comes to things like fear, being scared, fear takes over when the stock market is going down and you sell at losses, um, usually. And on the upside, euphoria and getting excited and in the street word, getting gassed when things are going up <laughs> and just doing way too much. And then obviously when you when you do this on assets that you haven't done research on, on companies that you don't really understand why you own them in the first place, then it leaves you confused and stressed and frustrated. So do understand exactly what you've bought, why you've bought them, remain disciplined and be true to yourself. Perfect. Finally, we mentioned getting gas. We got gas when the markets were down uh, for <laughs> different reasons. So it was a really good week. Um, and yeah, you spoke before actually about um, diversification. Um, yeah. Let's go into a bit more into that. Like um, some people might make the mistake of being over diversified or some people might make the mistake of being under diversified. I know uh, the likes of Charlie Munger, who is almost a, a Warren Buffett in the game as well. That's my uh, uncle, that's my that's, uncle. That's the uncle. Buffett's the granddad, he's the <laughs> uncle. Lynch is the teacher, say no more. But um, he, 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 he doesn't like, <laughs> he does not like di- uh, being over-diversified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, what people need to understand, this is why I say you've got to learn from different people and, and take what you want to take from it um, and understand why they're saying it and the context of which they're saying it as well. So somebody who is not listening to these people with a level of maturity 
would say, you know, Warren Buffett once said that diversification is for those that are ignorant, right? Or diversification helps ignorance. And mm. people say, well, in that case, then I'm not going to diversify because Warren mm. Buffett said this. But when you look at Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio, do you not see diversification? Mm. He doesn't own one company. He owns a whole bunch of companies, a whole bunch of great dividend paying, cash flowing, growing companies. And so it's about understanding what he actually means by that. He understands that everybody has a level of ignorance. <laughs> we all have a level of ignorance because we don't have all the information at hand. For that yeah. reason, diversification is an absolute necessity for portfolios. How you go about doing it is a bit up to you and you could be as aggressive as you want to be or less aggressive, but you need to diversify. I think if you don't diversify, um, again, let me be quite respectful. I think it's quite foolish to not diversify. You need to be diversified at least to some level. How to diversify? And there's a saying that if you've got um, 12 stocks, 12 stocks to 14, I think, is that the optimal amount to kind of say that you are somewhat diversified. But to yeah. be honest, I would say it depends on how big your portfolio is and that kind of stuff. And as, um, you're, as you're saying that, just I would say we can do another episode on that entirely, man. We, I think we should. I we think should, we should, man. Let's do we spoke about this this week. We spoke yeah. about this week, yeah, about, about, you know, so I've got my, my public growth portfolio and dividends mm. portfolio, which hold a lot of assets in there, which to some extent could be seen as a, an over-diversification. But there's a reason for that, as, as, you, as you would know, where I'm, I'm basically trying to create my own version of like an ETF. So there's yeah. a difference. And of course, it's difficult for the standard person to, you know, to um, follow that many companies because that's what you should be doing right mm. if you invest in the company you should be following listening to earnings calls reading annual statements that's difficult to do if you've got 30 companies for real. but luckily for me because i work in the industry and i've got friends like yourself who do the research for me is amazing <laughs> and then i just got to do the double check <laughs> um on that actually uh i think one uh, mistake and this might be when one newly starts. I know I slightly did this when I um, started. It didn't like affect me, but it, I definitely feel it was a mistake. I wouldn't do it if I was to restart again. Is going all in um, on a portfolio, um, and it just has individual businesses. And I've probably not done the most amount of research um, on them. But um, what I'll say um, as the mistake probably was, I actually just completely overlooked the power of funds and ETFs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people um, avoid funds. And I think the only people that should be doing that are the, are the people that are very high level. Um, mm. But even then, even then, um, in the asset management, wealth management industry, the majority of people's portfolios are invested in funds. And if they're not invested in funds, they're invested in a whole wide range of individual shares that basically make a fund. Mm. So, yes, I think the easiest, if I'm honest, the easiest way and potentially the best way for retail investors to actually invest is probably to invest in some sort of potentially passive fund, like an index fund, for example, the S&P 500. I think mm. that's the easiest way to get started. It gives you that immediate diversification because you're invested in a whole bunch of companies. If you are invested in one individual company, especially one that you've not done enough research on, there is a possibility that that company can go bankrupt. If that company goes bankrupt, you lose all your money. I highly doubt that 500 companies in America, 500 of the largest companies in America are going to go bankrupt. The mm. day they do, the world is ended. So <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, <laughs> literally, literally, exactly, literally. Yeah. So um, 
you know, you can diversify away that risk by obviously being in a well-diversified fund. And I think one of my best strategies I teach a lot of my clients is the core satellite approach. And I think that's what you probably adopt, Peter, mm. where the core of your portfolio um, would be in funds. And mm. then you could choose a few um, individual companies that you really like and you really believe in to be kind of the satellite, which is just a, the ones that are just smaller positions. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, great man I think we've gone through quite a lot of uh, mistakes then there's so many I know you've definitely got some um, on your list so uh, do do you have any more for us oh yeah no come on (laughs) (laughs) 